Good morning, listener. You're welcome to Nasco Moments. How many times have you washed your hands today? Remember to always stay safe. I am your host, Hudung Gyan. On the show today, we will discuss Lassa fever, its causes, symptoms, prevention, and treatment options. Lassa fever has been identified as a yearly outbreak in West Africa, with Nigeria having the highest yearly incidence. Seasonal peaks of this viral hemorrhagic fever occur during the dry season from November to April, and it is common in Sierra Leone, Ghana, Mali, Nigeria, Benin, Togo, Guinea, and Liberia. The statistics by the Nigeria Center for Disease Control (NCDC) have revealed that 434 cases of Lassa fever were recorded in Nigeria in 2021. According to the NCDC's recent Lassa fever situation report, at least 80 persons were also confirmed to have died of the disease last year. On the Nasco Moment Show this morning, our guest is Dr. Nathaniel Noel, a public health specialist, Department of Community Medicine, Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juve. He will be sharing his thoughts and perspectives as we discuss Lassa fever, its causes, symptoms, prevention, and treatment options. Dr. Nathaniel, you're welcome to Nasco Moments. Thank you very much. Listener, stay right where you are. We shall return after this break. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from Nasco. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex for the brightest wash. You are welcome back to Nasco Moments. I am Hudungyang. We're talking about Lassa fever, its causes, symptoms, prevention, and treatment options. Our guest today is Dr. Nathaniel Noel, a public health specialist from Department of Community Medicine, Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juve. So, Doctor, let's begin uh, the conversation from the very basics. What is Lassa fever? Thank you once again. Lassa fever is a viral illness, which um, is animal-born. We call it a zoonotic infection. Animal-born because um, it's primarily an infection uh, in rodents, but uh, humans uh, can get infected when they come into contact. So that's a viral disease, which is animal-born in nature. Okay. So what causes Lassa fever? Lassa fever is caused by virus, which goes by uh, which goes by the same name as the disease. Call it the Lassa fever virus. We get this virus from uh, infected rodents. Uh, that means uh, rats of a special breed. Uh, when these rats, their droppings or urine gets into contact with um, household items or food items at home. And um, humans get to consume this or come into contact with these contaminated items. The infection is now set in uh, humans. Hmm. Okay, so the rats is basically what causes the Lassa fever. Can you briefly mention to us the various signs and symptoms of this viral disease? 
Well, um, symptoms of Lassa fever are not specific. And um, in as much as they are not specific, they are also um, varied. There are a lot of symptoms that have been attributed to Lassa fever. Most of the symptoms appear like um, any viral illness, sorry, any febrile illness that you can see out there, such as um, malaria, typhoid, yellow fever, and even Ebola. Um, but before I go further, um, it's good to know that um, up to like 80% of people infected with the virus may not manifest symptoms. As such, they go undiagnosed. Common symptoms of uh, Lassa fever include fever at the early stage with um, general body weakness and malaise. Then maybe uh, as the day progresses, the individual may manifest um, sore throat, headache, chest pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and even cough. At the later stage, when the disease becomes, um, the manifestation becomes severe, that's when you start to see hemorrhagic episodes manifested as uh, bleeding through the nostrils, through the mouth, vagina, and even intestinal tract. Uh, individuals may also manifest difficulty in breathing, low blood pressure, seizures, and ultimately, within two weeks, if nothing is being done promptly, the individual could die. Now, this is very scary, considering that it would start like any other normal uh, uh, malaria or fever that you wouldn't take, your mind wouldn't go towards something like Lassa fever. So it's very deceptive if you ask me. Now, how is Lassa fever transmitted from person to person? Okay, um, person to person transmission uh, constitutes what we know as uh, secondary transmission. So, as I said earlier, primarily uh, we get the we get the virus from rodents. Then when infection is established in humans, you can get infected when you come into contact with uh, blood and other body fluids from someone who is infected. So um, these body fluids contact can be from um, casual contact or sometimes even intimate or sexual contact. So you come into contact with um, items that have been soiled by secretions from an individual and other body fluids constitutes a risk of transmission. Hmm. Now, what is, is there a predominant age group affected by this disease? If there is, what is that age group? Well, based on um, available evidence, um, I wouldn't say there is a predominant age group. All age groups and all sex, sexes rather, are equally at risk of the infection. But um, based on the, um, the current outbreak we have in Nigeria, um, I think the, the predominant age group that has been reported to be mostly infected is between, um, I think, from 21 to 40 years or thereabouts. But let's know that no um, age group or sex is spared from this infection. Okay, earlier on, um, when you were talking about uh, the symptoms, how it could be, there are no specific symptoms for Lassa fever. Uh, that makes me wonder, uh, for you as uh, physicians, how do you diagnose the disease if really it's, it isn't just one thing? So, um, as a health worker, you need to have uh, a high index of suspicion. Then, um, mostly outbreaks are seasonal. Um, towards the end of the wet season, 
as you said earlier, between November to April, that's when we have the peak of the outbreaks. So, um, usually we see um, anyone who presents with a febrile illness, a disease characterized by um, elevated temperature, and has not responded to the regular antibiotics or anti-malaria within a span of like three days. And um, this is happening during a period of outbreak. You should have a high index of suspicion and have it up on your list as a possible cause of what the individual is suffering from. And then I understand that we don't even we can't even test for it in in plateau states. We have to go all the way to Edo, if I'm right. Well, I should think we now have a lab in Abuja. Um, there are what we call uh, reference laboratories. Uh, every geopolitical zone is supposed to have at least one where we do the uh, definitive diagnosis of the disease. So the best we can do is get to Abuja. What will it take for us to get a lab that can do it here in Plateau State? Presently, it's a highly technical procedure, but um, I think like uh, the Just University Teaching Hospital has gone further to have a molecular lab so where we can now uh, make diagnoses of diseases like the coronavirus um, disease. Hopefully in no distant time from uh, now we should be able to do this. Okay. All right, listener, it's the NASCO Moments radio show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we shall be back after this. Mama Shakara, eh? this your shabby city shine <laughs> And how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Now, Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fade cloth at all at all. And if they wash clothes clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and so? No, you know the chop and do. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now Brightex detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back. My name is Sudun Gang. This is NASCO Movements. We're talking about Lassa fever. It's causes, symptoms, prevention and treatment options. Our guest is Dr. Nathaniel Noel, a public health specialist, Department of Community Medicine, Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juve. All right, uh, doctor, can you tell us uh, preventive methods that uh, individuals can adopt and the lifestyle too that uh, they can adopt so that uh, to prevent getting in contact with Lassa fever or anything that has to do with or even with the rodents that bring Lassa fever? The mainstay of the control of this disease at the community level would be um, practicing a high standard of hygiene by um, every household because um, these rats, they have a high affinity for, for leftover foods or for food items where food items are being stored and also for garbage. So I'm looking at this, it means that um, our environment should always be kept clean. We should observe environmental sanitation as much as possible. Garbage should be kept far away from the home. And then um, food items should be stored in um, rat-proof containers. Leftover food should be properly uh, discarded. And then of course, um, food hygiene as well. Um, if you suspect the food has been uh, contaminated by urine or even feces from a rat, 
you should discard it. Then you you are well aware that um, there are individuals that consume these rats as a form of food. So the advice is as much as possible stay away from the rat. But if you insist then it should be properly cooked, which I will not advise, especially during periods of outbreak. So um, then other uh, forms of personal hygiene like um, hand washing, they are very vital because you may come into contact with someone who has been infected but you are not aware. And as such, you must have touched um, excretions from such individual. So it's good to observe um, high standards of personal hygiene. But this rat, is it just any kind of rat or is there a specific look to the rat that carries uh, Lassa fever? Well, the rat is unique. It's called um, a multimamid rat. Well, multimamid in the sense that um, if you look at the undersurface of the rat, it has uh, multiple mammary glands, what um, look like um, breasts on both sides. Conventionally, the normal um, household rat we get to see every now and then, they just have like um, five to six pairs. But this rat may have as much as 12 pairs, so 12 on each side of um, uh, little organs which look like um, breasts. What about the snout? Well, yeah, it does have that too. A long snout? Yes. Okay, so does. just to be clear, so you know what you're looking out for. If you see that one in your house, <laughs> you have to be extra aggressive. Um, what are the treatment options available for this viral disease? Well, presently, uh, is a, there's an antiviral agent which goes by the name um, Revavirin. But then, Revavirin has been shown to be effective only mostly rather in the early stage of infection. It means that uh, if someone comes with severe form of infection which has been in the individual for quite some time, chances of survival are minimal. So early presentation uh, is very key. Apart from Revavirin, uh, we give other forms of supportive treatment. Individual that comes in shock, you have to rehydrate. Uh, individual, of course, this um, disease can shut down several organs in the body. Commonly, is the kidney. So, someone who comes with a kidney failure may need dialysis. So, uh, mostly, what we do is supportive. But then, Revavirin can be effective in the early stage. Okay, so when you say if you present when it's already at its severe form, uh, how long does it take you to get to the severe form? What, how many days or how many weeks? The, from infection to manifestation of symptoms, which we call the incubation period, is usually between the range of um, a week to three weeks, seven to 21 days. But it has been reported where individuals come down with these uh, symptoms just two days after contracting the infection. Um, and the symptoms usually follows a, there is a gradual progression to the manifestation of the symptoms. So if you can present few days after onset of symptoms, which is usually difficult because um, if I have fever, body weakness and headache, first thing by uh, the health worker or as an individual, I'll be thinking of uh, common diseases like malaria. So that's why uh, Dealing with this disease is very difficult because making diagnosis in the early stage has uh, proven to be a very difficult thing for healthcare workers. 
that is certainly very worrisome. Uh, what immediate steps should citizens take when they when they notice an individual manifesting symptoms of Lassa fever? When individuals themselves are aware and also have um, their own, you know, high degree of suspicion. Well, it's going to be a very difficult task. I. For them to see somebody has um, something that looks like Lassa fever. But then, the advice that I always give is um, we should probably seek care for any illness, be it Lassa fever, be it malaria or whatsoever. As soon as you're down, you should see a health worker for proper evaluation. So it's a health worker now that will now determine based on his index of suspicion to evaluate you further for Lassa fever. So, as uh, we always see, uh, there should be prompt care seeking for any form of illness. This should also apply to Lassa fever. Especially since um, a lot of people will just buy malaria, malaria drugs and take and get on with life. Uh, probably not knowing that it is something as severe as Lassa fever. Um, so, what advice would you have for people who usually just do that? Just go to the chemist, buy malaria drugs and get on with it. It's a very bad practice. Uh, we may think um, uh, we're cutting corners or we're looking for an easy way out, but uh, eventually in the, in the long run, this is something that may harm every one of us. As an individual, of course, if you do that, then um, you may miss that window of opportunity when the disease you're, you're, you're incubating or the disease you're manifesting can um, benefit from prompt diagnosis and treatment. Then again, if you go and buy drugs, which may not be uh, the right form of medication for what you have, of course, the, you're, you're contributing to, to the incidence of uh, resistance of either uh, antimicrobials or antimalarials. So in the long run, why you not need these uh, medicines? For the right illness, they may not work for you. And as such, you've done more harm than good to yourself. Okay, what would you advise the government to do in raising community awareness on the risks and prevention of Lassa fever? Well, um, I do not have much evidence to say how good or how badly the government has done. But then, as a government, uh, government should evaluate what they've been doing. Is it yielding results? If it's not, then uh, they may need to sit on the drawing table and uh, find uh, more effective uh, approaches to raising awareness. And again, I think we may have to improve on the channel of communication and how we present messages to individuals. And again, when you're going to present messages that we need some behavioral change, it's good to provide substitutes. If you want people to change the way they process food or store foods, then there should be a substitute for them. You don't just tell them to entirely leave something that you don't provide an alternative for them, looking at the level of poverty uh, in the community. Can you give us an idea of how better we can store or process food? Like if you're traveling on the streets to areas where they grow a lot of cassava, for instance, you find them uh, drying it uh, just by the roadside, you know, lots of food items just being dried by the roadside. And I, I suspect there might be a lot of rodents just by the roadside that uh, can be, you know, 
just getting into the food sources and that food gets into the market you don't know how it was processed and you innocently buy it and, and take it home how better can we uh, take care of the way we process food well for foods that will be taken um, raw like gari like gari you want to drink gari yes um such uh, food items they shouldn't be preserved in such a manner it should be put, uh, preserved in um, very tight proof containers where the rodents these rats and christian cannot have access to but some may argue that um, food items that may not be consumed raw fine we can still store them the conventional way just the way you described but then during food preparation they should be properly cooked so that um, if by chance the food item is, uh, has been contaminated, the infective agent can be killed by the cooking process. Mm -hmm. But generally, the advice is, uh, especially uh, during this period of outbreak, find a rodent proof or tight container where rodents and even other animals or insects cannot have access to, so that your food item is not contaminated. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I'm curious about the fact that uh, uh, you mentioned river. Um, can you pronounce that drug again? Rebarvering. Rebarvering. Yes. And it's only uh, effective in the early stages. Uh, what, what, kind, what more research needs to be done? What are we doing in terms of research and finding more effective drugs to treat Lassa fever? Well, I think as a country, we have fared um, very poorly in terms of Lassa fever. We've had this disease um, since the um, 1950s, but it did. We don't have a rapid diagnostic test. We have um, a lot of um, science research institutes in the country. I feel by now we should have um, been able to come up with something that can help the health worker at the point of care, not having to rely on um, a reference laboratory that is several kilometers from the point of care. So if we can put our heads together and come up with a rapid way of um, at least even confirming our suspicion to a certain extent by having a rapid diagnostic test, it will go a long way in curbing the spread and even the mortalities that we've been experiencing. But look at all the attention that COVID got since 2019. I mean, even if we get just a quarter of that attention on Lassa fever, a lot more can be achieved. Uh, doctors should do more advocacy, of course, the media as well. What do you think? Yeah, that is very necessary. Mm. Okay. Um, what are your final words for the listener as we end this conversation? Well, um, Lassa fever is always with us. Lassa fever is deadly. Uh, but the good news is uh, it can be prevented. So we should be careful with um, our food items. We should keep a high standard of hygiene in our environment. Keep your household clean, clear the bushes, dispose your garbage appropriately. I just remembered something. Somebody referred to it as a poor man's disease. Is that true? Basically. Basically. So that's why there's no attention. And the poor man should raise his voice because <laughs> it should be everybody's problem. All right, thank you very much, Dr. Nathaniel Noel, this morning for talking to us about Lassa fever. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, listener, I hope you have learned quite a lot today about Lassa fever, its causes, symptoms, prevention, and treatment options. Or maybe I should say the lack of symptoms, I don't know. It's also important to know 
that it doesn't present in a particular way at the early stages. So these are all very important lessons that we have learned today. But we have to end the show here. Remember to follow NASCO's social media handles for all the exciting information that you can get. Visit www.facebook.com slash NASCO group. You are also encouraged to freely send your feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. Now to the NASCO Moments trivia question for this week. When was the Lassa fever disease first identified in Nigeria? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777. Include your full name and exact location. Our trivia for last week was, what is the mission of the Federal Ministry of Youth and Sports Development? The answer is to provide a sustainable framework for the formulation and implementation of policies, programs, and other initiatives which promote and enhance youth and sports development in collaboration with stakeholders. Our winners are Chukube from Busabuji and Amara Confidence from Apata. Congratulations. We'll call you and tell you how to claim your NASCO gift baskets. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department. Producer, Harun Audu. Research and Content Development, George Pam and Harun Audu. Production coordinators Solomon Aldu, Deborah Galadima, and Alex Rubin. Until next time, please stay safe. Always wash your hands, wear face masks in public, practice social distancing, and carry your hand sanitizer wherever you go. My name is Fudun Gang, and this is NASCO Moments.